The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Three shows ago, I did a program I called Playing 20 Questions. I threw 20 questions uh, out to the universe, and our guest today, listening from half a world away in Australia, caught them and returned them with serious answers. And we began uh, last week to uh, with our interview with Maria Dole High. Maria lives in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm going to read again something she wrote about herself She wrote, since I was a young child, I had great interest in understanding the nature of our true being. This interest was induced by two distinct spiritual experiences, one of which was an unforgettable dream. This seems to have acted as a catalyst in my further exploration of the origin of our nature and led to the discovery of the true source of happiness, peace, and connectedness. And I should uh, let you know that the details of that dream are contained in a letter that uh, I read on the air some three years ago from Maria, November 4th, 2013, and which you can listen to by hitting our past shows button. And be sure to listen to last week's show as well, which is part one of this interview. Maria, welcome back to NDE Radio. Thank you so much, Lee, and thank you for the listeners. If I may, may I say a big hello to my relatives uh, in the U.S. who are also listening and um, maybe some of them in Europe as well. Oh, very good. Yes, I just got back from a family reunion wedding in, in New York City, and uh, it's always good to uh, to greet the relatives when we can. Uh, I'm going to attempt to summarize uh, what you, what you uh, talked about in our show last week, just to um, bring our readers up to speed. First, you talked about your dream, which I have already told them they should go back and listen to, which uh, I thought demonstrated beautifully uh, both connected the uh, nature of connectedness, can't speak today, and loneliness. Um, and that life comes into the world as a form, and forms include thoughts and emotions that consume us until some sort of mystical experience or awakening, something like an NDE, um, or the the red pill to use the Matrix movie um, analogy uh, makes us aware of the present. Uh, that makes us aware of um, uh, life, and and you call that awareness. Forms change. Awareness does not. Uh, awareness is not like other forms. Awareness is here and now. Uh, thoughts are past and future, and thoughts are forms. But awareness has a feeling of nothingness, um, and then our, I guess our thoughts, our those thought forms come to fill in the blanks. Um, let's see, you used a TV analogy, which I thought was really great. The TV uh, is the, let's call it the, the, the reality, and the thought forms that pass across the screen are those changing things that uh, don't really amount to uh, the full meaning of life. Uh Thought doesn't know anything, uh, but uh, only it's, it's only form. And the thought is like the moth, 
to know the moment it has to die. It has to it has to be consumed in order to uh, be fully aware. Um, and if you ask the thought, "Where's the me?" in you, in in you, if you ask your thought, "Where's the me in you?" you'll find there is no me in the thought. <laughs> Did I get anything right? Beautifully, beautiful. <laughs> now, um, should we continue from here? Yes, yes. Let's let's go on. And why don't you? Uh, if you'd like, just uh, start uh, from where we left off. Okay. Um, at some point, I, I, I will um, maybe go back to the 20 question. Would you like that? Yes. As a matter of fact, if you want me to uh, to bring one up, I'd be glad to do that. Um, All right. Give me a second first. I just wanted to say a couple of things. Yes. Um, if, if I may add to what you said. And um, the, the reasons to do it is because... Um, your sum up was really good and also it um, must be highlighted that the most important thing is not to just accept anything I say but for the audience to investigate it for themselves to look if what I said was a true experience for you true experience meaning stop, look at what's happening in the present moment, look at your thought and see if you can step out of it. And of course, once you re- uh, receive the grace of the ability to be able to step out of it, you will also experience a space, an emptiness there, and then go into investigate that space, find out what you can about it. Generally speaking, as I said in the last show, it doesn't have the same qualities as a normal form, but what you will find is you will find peace there. Also, what you will find that it is a great source of power to create, to create beauty, to to love, and also the ability to relate to other people, which is vital in this integrated life we live. Um, Maybe, Lee, you could ask a question, and then we go from there. Okay. Um, you spoke of, I think, potential being life or God. Uh, it comes into form by somehow giving up its own totality, giving up itself, uh, perhaps forgetting um, what it really is. And I guess my question is, why Why would we choose form if we are uh, bathed in awareness Oh, it's such a wonderful question. Now, it is, uh, so at this uh, present moment, to be looking at it from a form's point of view, so, uh, because the other side is, if we're looking at it from life's point of view, from God's point of view, the formless point of view, the formless never loses itself. It's always aware being the formless. So it never feels separate. It completely feels whole. And it doesn't miss anything, it's not broken, it's whole. But from our point of view, the form's point of view, we always want to know why does this happening? Why do we feel the separateness? And I believe, but I am not sure because this is so difficult to know what does God really thinks. But if we look at our experience, is that, that what we can see is that once we lose 
our connectedness and um, lose, I mean, in, in inverted com- commas, because you don't really lose the connection to God, but God almost pretend to lose its knowing itself. It is it is almost like a game of of fun. You know, when you play pick up with your with your child and you pretend that you uh, can't see and hear them. It, it is almost like that. It's like an innocent game of God experiencing what would it be like not to know. Because as forms, we have intellectual knowledge inbuilt in our bodies, inbuilt in our surrounding, in nature, but we don't have the complete knowledge of God. And through that forgetfulness, we can also experience a wide range of separation as well, which unfortunately in many cases can lead to a really long and distance way of separation. In another word of saying it, a really long and, and deep unconsciousness, which we experience as a negative thing in our world. Having said that, that is still life itself, which is very hard to believe because uh, unconsciousness results in suffering and very deep suffering, Mm. paradoxically speaking, is also God itself. Well, that's what really was my corollary to that question. Uh, If God is pretending to lose knowing itself and it's a game, why does this game end in, in so much suffering. I mean, we see, we look around the world and we see wars and starvation, disease, um, and so forth. Uh, why would God not, why would we not withdraw from the form and go back to the awareness before we cause such, such pain for people? Again, I don't know if I am um, uh, entitled to answer the question, but just from my own experience, I believe that um, part of the experiencing the unconsciousness and, of course, the result of the suffering and the pain is to experience the degree of separation, which otherwise you would not experience being completely connected inside God. So we're experiencing in this world a wide degree of separation and a wide degree of pain which cannot be experienced inside life, inside God, so to speak. I mean, we are inside God, and I know my words are not completely covering the whole truth, but uh, that's the simple way of explaining it. However, having said that, uh, we mustn't forget that despite that we experience deep suffering and deep pain, and we see it also around us, even if we don't experience it directly, All suffering has an interesting nature because inside suffering is built into a call. We know that suffering is not natural to us. We know that there is something not right about suffering. So suffering is almost like an alarm bell. As soon as it starts ringing, it's calling us back to happiness. It's calling us back uh, to the unity and the connectedness. So, so it's, it's sort of a twofold thing. Once, uh, it's almost like putting it this way, a, a, a little ray of sunshine separates itself from the sun, comes into the world, 
um, believing itself to be separate and, and um, start burning its own energy up. And then once it it's realizes that it is not as separate as it thought it to be and suffered long enough, then it can return back to the source. But um, having said all this, we can look at this in our own experience that if we have a happy, for most people, I can't speak for everyone, but if we have a generally happy life and everything is easygoing, we don't tend to need God. We don't tend to need anyone really. We think we are a completely separated, isolated being. And we don't even, we, 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 we can even feel that we're separated from others, we're superior to others. But the moment we experience pain and suffering, we feel the need, the need to connect, the need for help, the need for acceptance. So, so uh, this is probably the most simple way I can describe it. And having said all this, let me just um, put something here which is interesting. Um, the, the inside life and awareness where you experience peace, and you, which you can experience this even amongst deep suffering, you can separate yourself from your thought and experience momentary peace and even longer than that. What you're going to find or what the audience is going to find is this. It is not only that beauty and power resides there, but also love. An other way of saying love is being in the present moment completely without the me, the mental story. So I come to you without the me, and you come to me without the you, the your mental story, and this is how we commute in love. That's what truly love is. But as long as there is a mental story, as long as there is a selfish, self-centered desire, the me is the dominating, and therefore we don't experience that connectedness, that love. We so search, we so long to receive, to know, because we know it to be our true nature. If we uh, have a hand in determining the form we're going to take and the suffering we're going to go through, why would anyone um, take on so much suffering that they did not learn from it. In other words, that they perhaps wound up killing themselves in despair. It is very difficult to look at this from entirely from the form's point of view because the form doesn't necessarily, the mind or the thought doesn't understand what's happening. So let's broaden our perspective for a moment. As I said in the last show, life never dies. Only the form dies. The the so the form comes into uh, gives birth and then the form dies but life never dies which means another way to put this is that even if somebody let's say commits suicide or um or, or do something really harmful to themselves there is always always an uh, a potentiality for that person to discover their true nature because life is forever present to them, regardless that they left their formal bodies. Um, I, probably I will just leave it at that. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. You can elaborate on the question if you like. Yes, and as a matter of fact, I think um, one of the uh, 
questions that I'd asked, I think I've, I've gotten to number six at this point. Uh, if God knows beforehand the outcome of our lives, why even make souls who cannot learn to love? And your answer was there is unconsciousness in the world because there is the idea of separation. But life is never separate. Only form believes itself. So in doing so, in doing so goes through different degrees of separation and insanity. Uh, that's right. That's right. So uh, may I just also put this into a larger context? Uh, we must always look at everything as an integrated unit. So let's say one person goes through a deep suffering and we experience it. The, the family, the loved ones, the friends who experience uh, the result of their suffering it doesn't need to be that. It can be uh, any kind of addiction or just uh, uh, misbehavior or so forth. And you look from the form's point of view and you might think to yourself, I can't understand why this person can't change. This is, this is um, leading them to a life of suffering. Why are they doing this to themselves? Mm. But the reality is, is that that person finds himself or herself in that situation because life is taking that shape. Our nature, or the mental nature, I would say the thought, is, is um, resisting always what ha- what's happening in the present moment. Whereas God's nature is to allowing it. For us, it is a gift when we see someone else is misbehaving, it, even though it's very difficult to believe it is a gift. Because it is also trying to wake us, us out of our unconsciousness. And see that, that unconsciousness can lead to such a pain, such a suffering. And then we can immediately look at ourselves and say, right now, am I unconscious or am I conscious? Am I, uh, uh, am I being run by my thoughts? Because this is so interesting that the, one of the biggest addictions human beings experience is that they're addicted to their thoughts. That is probably the biggest um, challenge we have. It's hard to not to be addicted to our thought and hard not to reincarnate into the form and the emotion what the thought takes us into. Mm. The uh, biblical story of Lucifer becoming jealous and separating himself and a third of the angels from God would be... um, Lucifer and the and those angels taking form I would I would guess because of the nature of separation but that was that according to the mythology of it happened in heaven so would you say that there is evil beyond the evil that we see as forms is there evil itself in the in life um, let me put it this way ultimately all there is is life Nothing outside life exists. It's impossible because what life is, the, the, the isness of the situ, isness of here and now. Evil also part of it. And the, and this uh, uh, lovely story really represents, even with this, with the, where, where it says it happened in heaven, meaning it happened in the present moment, in the here and the now, where Lucifer and his angels believed themselves to be and wanted to be 
Their desire was to be separate. And they, in the story, represent of how separateness and believing that you can be special and unique as a separate being is immediately leads to suffering. Because in the story, it's that it, they call the fallen ones, isn't it? So they immediately fall. So what, where do they fall from? If they, you can't go anywhere because you're inside life all the time. But what they fall from is in their own mind they fell from. In their own beliefs they they fell from grace. So it is in, again, it is in our, in our own mind, in our own mental creation, we are separate. And that is what is causing the great suffering. Having said that, when I say suffering, I really sum it up. So I'm not necessarily talking about uh, physical suffering as such, because uh, there is di- there is different degrees, and I don't think there's enough uh, time on the show to explain it all. Mm-hmm. I um, form uh, one of my questions was about ghosts, uh, fairies. Um, and other, in other, uh, what we would call phenomena. Super, yes, phenomena like that, and and they are. I can I can see that you would say they, those are all forms. Would you say that all creation uh, are individualized forms? Trees, rocks, uh, do they contain um, awareness? Do, are they a part of life? Absolutely. So uh, again. I know I have danger of repeating myself. So all form is inside life, and life is taking form in different ways. So ultimately, they are connected inside form. There is no disconnection from life. And our ability to perceive um, and acknowledge different forms is limited to our own form. Again, we can experience this in our natural world. We are only able to see through our senses and hear through our senses um, limitedly. Um, we have limited abilities to see nature in, in, in a certain way. Different animals, birds, fish, so forth and so forth, marine life, perceives life a different way from us. Having said this, having used this example, may I just take it further? Sure. Who are we to say that there is no other life forms which we cannot perceive, things which we cannot see. I suppose one of the best examples is to use when people have a near-death experience and they come back and they, and they tell in their testimonies of what other things they were able to perceive. Of course, out-of-body experience and other spiritual experience can do the same as well. Having uh, said all this, Regardless of what other um, angelic forms or angelic existence or um, uh, alien forms or, as you were saying, the leprechauns or the fairies, what other things we share our universe with, ultimately they are all forms and regardless of their ability and our disability compared to other forms, we still are the source of life itself. Life is calling us back to the original source. On the way, we can stop and investigate these other beings and that we might find fascinating 
and that might be good for us in a sense that uh, especially if you have a, a certain uh, experience and you want to get to know more about it. But ultimately, even that experience is a call for you to investigate further, come deeper. God is always calling you closer and closer. So all phenomena is really appearing, generally speaking, to point out the vastness of the beauty of God. Now, there is another side to this story, is which I think is vital to mention, that not all uh, highly or different spiritual existence is good, if I want to put it this way, or another word to use it is conscious. Just because someone is living in the spirit world, so to speak, that doesn't mean that they don't have egos. That doesn't mean that they, in that world, in that environment, is not experiencing a separate um, existence. So we have to be very careful of not to believe everything and anything we hear from the other, whatever experience we might have had, because because that doesn't just because it's let's say for instance someone died and a spirit comes back, and just because someone's dead that doesn't mean they're smarter than when they were alive. Mm. The, the ego can still live on in that form. I, I will leave it at that at this point. Okay. Would you like to go on with I, your questions? Please? Yes. Um. I guess uh, I, I know. I think I know the answer to this, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it for the uh, sake of the audience. Um, if uh, if life can be so painful and and heaven so attractive, in other words, awareness so attractive, why do we cling to life when it's so treacherous and heaven is so desirable? I like this one because it is so. Um, it can be so easily experienced in, in, our, in our day-to-day life. We, we cling on to it because we believe ourselves to be this separate entity whose life is fragile and therefore we are afraid that if we connect to God, we will disappear. We will die. We will have to give up this existence. We don't know what's on the other side, so to speak, Therefore, we cling on to the, this uh, mental story. We don't want to let it go. And, of course, we sense our fragileness. We sense our limitedness. Therefore, we do everything, or people do everything and anything they can to keep their longevity as long as they can. And, and I think I mentioned that in my writing to you that there's another side of It's multiple sides, but one of the other side of the story is that some people are really unhappy with their life and they would glad to give it up to go to heaven, but only if they won't have to um, lose themselves, meaning the ego or the unconsciousness thinks that to itself, I, I would love to go to heaven, I would love the, the fantastic life uh, heaven promises to me in my mental story, but I don't want to experience that. Is that make sense? So it, it is. It is. It is in a catch twenty two. It wants to keep itself in this separate form, but it also wants to experience um, the life 
which is not separate. And you can't yes. have it both ways. <laughs> well, this leads uh, to my next question, which, given our time, is probably the last one. Um, do, do you think that at some point we merge back into awareness and lose all of our personal identity that I, so that I would no longer be Lee and you would no longer be Maria, but we would all just be perfect awareness, um, merge it like the moth going into the flame. We would enter the flame and become part of yes. it. Yes, absolutely. We experience this day to day. We're just probably not paying attention to it. Every time you see a, something beautiful, may that be a flower, an art, uh, uh, something, something grabs you beautiful in that very second. You already awareness because you lost your sense of self. It is the sense of self, the me self, is the one which keeps you separate. So we can experience this in our day-to-day life. And yes, ultimately, our goal is to go back and we will go back because we are never separate. It is just an illusion of separation. But I, as I said earlier, I encourage the audience to investigate this in their own experience because it is a ex- pure experience of uh, joy and happiness and beauty and ultimately the love we long for. Wow. Maria, I'm afraid we are out of time and I want to thank you again so much for, for this discussion. I think it's really taken uh, the show to a whole higher level of, of philosophy and uh, and I, I thank you for it. I hope people will go back and listen to, uh, first of all, that, the letter of yours that I read, uh, and then uh, last week's show and this week's show. Um, and thank you for being willing being willing to stay up <laughs> till 2 a.m. Uh, in Melbourne, <laughs> Australia, uh, to, to share your insights with us. Uh, oh, it, it is great. Thank you so much. I'll give your email address again, if that's okay, if anyone wants sure, to. Sure, sure. It, it would be great if, if somebody could respond just in, uh, just so to see if this was helpful. That would be good. And, uh, and, uh, to me as well. I always, I always like to get feedback as well. It's, uh, Maria, M-A-R-I-A dot H-B-O-H at hotmail.com. Well, thank you again, Maria. Um, if uh, the listeners would like to uh, listen to this or any of our past shows, uh, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For more information about IANS, check out their website at iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.